We all know someone with hearing loss, maybe even struggle with it ourselves. But unfortunately, hearing aids cost thousands, which most people just can't afford. Now there's an alternative. A company called Audion Hearing just released new over-the-counter hearing aids for only $189, and they sound amazing. Highly recommended for anyone with hearing loss. Check out audionhearing.com for their 45-day risk-free trial. That's A-U-D-I-E-N hearing.com, and you can use code Keith for $25 off. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on the Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Countdown with Keith Olbermann is a production of iHeartRadio. The Department of Justice must indict Donald Trump, Ron DeSantis, and Greg Abbott and do it today. No more waiting. The patience of this nation is exhausted. Trump, DeSantis, Abbott are threats to the national security and the democracy and the peace of this nation. And if they will not atone, they will be punished. No more letting the latest Trump judicial prostitute repay the pimp who put them on the bench. No more invitations to the worst criminal in this nation's history to run out the clock because of a dilettantish, apolitical rule that suits no election more complicated than kindergarten milk money treasurer. And no more letting the governors of corrupt states that would go bankrupt in a week without tax money from the blue states break the law and play with the lives of the terrified people of the world who have mistakenly thought there were human beings running places like Texas and Florida. Trump 
in a moment and three quick steps that can end this farce of him using the law to break the law and endanger every person in this country. But DeSantis and Abbott first. And Ron DeSantis is guilty of human trafficking. Arrest him. Amazingly, they actually might. There is a meeting scheduled at the White House today to discuss, quote, litigation options against DeSantis and Abbott of Texas. And if we have bold and righteous leadership, that meeting should end with DeSantis and those who helped him commit his crime being indicted. That was not just a publicity stunt by the governor and would-be dictator of Florida. It is not some fascism-free sample. It is not some gratuitous racism. It is not some owning of the libs. Ron DeSantis has committed a federal crime. 8 U.S. Code 1324, Section A2 makes it explicit, quoting, Any person who knowing or in reckless disregard of the fact that an alien has come to, entered, or remains in the United States in violation of law, transports or moves or attempts to transport or move such an alien within the United States by means of transportation or otherwise, shall, for each alien in respect to whom such a violation occurs, be fined under Title 18, imprisoned not more than five years, or both. Ron DeSantis has boasted that he was behind the tricking of 50 undocumented immigrants into getting on a plane in Texas and being dropped off at Martha's Vineyard in Massachusetts. You cannot do that legally. It is human trafficking. It is a federal offense. Ron DeSantis is a human trafficker. And everyone else who participated in his craven, soulless, illegal scheme is also a human trafficker. And there are 50 victims. And 8 U.S. Code 1324 sets a punishment of up to five years in prison for each victim. And thus, Ron DeSantis should be facing up to 250 years in a federal prison. And... For each undocumented immigrant put on a bus for New York or Washington, D.C., the Texas governor, Greg Abbott, should be arrested and should face up to five years in prison each. Texas has sent at least a thousand. Abbott should be charged and arrested by the government and face up to 5,000 years in federal prison. And of course, all this is the minimum extent of the crimes here. These people were not just trafficked by Ron DeSantis and Greg Abbott. In the Massachusetts case, they appear to have been kidnapped. National Public Radio reported it was able to interview three of the immigrants who had been staying in a shelter in San Antonio. They, quote, said a woman they identified as Perla approached them outside the shelter and lured them into boarding the plane, saying they would be flown to Boston where they could get expedited work papers. She provided them with food. The migrant said Perla was still trying to recruit more passengers just hours before their flight. End quote. Axios reported one of the victims was told they were in fact headed to New York. This is the methodology of human trafficking and of kidnapping. You don't have to point a gun at a frightened, hungry person from another country in order to break the law yourself. They don't have to be exploited for sex to be exploited. Perla, whether she uses a knife or a promise, is a kidnapper. And since she was evidently working for DeSantis or working for those who worked for DeSantis, Ron DeSantis is a kidnapper, too. 
So add in 50 counts of kidnapping when the FBI goes and drags him by his ill-fitting suit out of his state capitol. There could yet be additional charges because part of the DeSantis crime spree here included sending a videographer onto the flight to further exploit and make recordings of these people, to videotape them as they were kidnapped and as they landed into what was them the wrong place, as they realized they had fallen victim to yet another group of corrupt government officials, only these ones were named Perla and Greg and Ron. And the video of their trauma was given to Fox News Channel. And if Fox News Channel knew this was happening before it happened and accepted the video of the crimes, they participated in the crimes. And they should also be charged as accessories to the trafficking and the kidnapping. And if they merely knew afterwards and accepted the video of the crime, they still participated in the crime and they should also be charged as accessories after the fact to the trafficking and the kidnapping. And all of them, DeSantis and whoever aided and abetted his trafficking and kidnapping and Abbott and his co-conspirators could not have had worse timing. As I alluded to earlier, Axios reporting that already scheduled on the White House calendar for today, Friday the 16th, was a meeting of White House officials and cabinet heads to discuss a series of immigration issues, including, quote, litigation options to respond to GOP governors transporting unauthorized immigrants from the border to other parts of the country. That the Martha's Vineyard victims have arrived in a place of kindness where locals scrambled not to exploit them or arrest them, but to feed them and house them is a silver lining here. But that they should have been freed from Texas or Florida is not exculpatory. Ron DeSantis is a human trafficker and kidnapper. And the time in this country when we permit scum like that to manipulate and hurt and kidnap innocent people in order to score points with the psychopathic fascists who support him electorally has to come to an end. In 1860, the psychopathic fascists who believed that some people in America should own other people in America decided that their rules were the only rules and their laws were the only laws and they were going to make the rest of us do what they wanted. After 84 years of compromise and equivocation and spinelessness, our ancestors said, enough. It is time also for us to end our compromise and our equivocation and our spinelessness and put these fascists in their place. This country needs to stand for something again. And the ways and the means are right in front of us and easily perceived and easily enforced and start here. Ronald Dion DeSantis of Tallahassee, Florida, is in violation at least 50 counts of 8 U.S. Code 1324, Section A2. Indict him, arrest him, prosecute him, imprison him. And if somebody doesn't like it, that's what the police are for. And if the police don't like it, that's what the National Guard is for. Arrest him. And today is the day to arrest him. And to move, finally, against Trump. It is testament, I suppose, 
to the unshakable images burned into our heads of things like Mr. Smith goes to Washington that any of us thought for a moment that a reprehensible peon of Trump world named Eileen Cannon was actually going to behave vaguely like a federal judge instead of like a poorly paid employee of the Donald Trump organized crime family. Last night, as you know, Eileen Cannon lived down to all expectations. She decided, based on her lack of legal knowledge or of any of the restraints usually provided by conscience or ethics or legalities, that she will not vacate her manipulation of the law to break the law to protect her man Trump, and that a special master should decide whether the top-secret, ultra-classified documents that the nuclear kleptomaniac stole really are top-secret, ultra-classified documents, and whether the risk at which she now has personally put this nation could really trigger international conflict, or a shooting war, or a nuclear exchange, or if she, the equivalent of a paralegal, a paralegal temp, knows better than the rest of us combined. We know... What would happen next if a Republican were sitting in the White House now and a Democrat were under suspicion of stealing the nuclear crown jewels? The White House would ignore Judge Cannon and would ignore Special Master Deary and would ignore the District Irrelevant Court of Southern Irrelevant Florida. It would act and then tell everybody else to go and try and stop it. Happily, there is a legal means for President Biden and Attorney General Garland to proceed in such a morally justifiable manner, cut through the red tape and the people dispensing it, to borrow from a three-step plan offered by the editor-in-chief of Crooked Media, Brian Boitler. One, file an appeal. Two, have President Biden publicly issue a memo waiving all executive privilege relating to the stolen documents and reminding Judge Cannon and the appeals court and Trump and everybody else that only a sitting president can assert presidential executive privilege in the here and now. And then three, use the materials already seen and gasped at by the Department of Justice. And as Boitler wrote, indict the MFR. Now go a little further, indict the goddamned MFR and indict him goddamned immediately. Because if you've somehow missed this, in the last few weeks, as he has threatened revenge and fully embraced QAnon and insisted upon an immediate new election and demanded he be installed right now as president today, Donald Trump has deteriorated from a humanoid but not human power-mad creature with a messiah complex into an out-of-control nuclear reactor, a Chernobyl-wearing orange makeup. In an interview with a right-wing pedant named Hugh Hewitt, Trump has now threatened to destroy this country. He has belched out seven different threats of stochastic terrorism, seven threats by proxy, seven unmistakable calls to violence and insurrection, again, and he has enunciated these seven blasphemies in just 37 seconds. I don't think the people of the United States would stand for it. And as you know, if a thing like that happened, I would have no prohibition against running. You know that. You've already I do. And that's what I wanted people to understand. That would not take you out of the arena. It would not. But I think if it happened, I think you'd have problems in this country, the likes of which perhaps 
we've never seen before. I don't think the people of the United States would stand for it. What kind of problems, Mr. President? I think they'd have big problems, big problems. I just don't think they'd stand for it. They will not they will not sit still and stand for this ultimate of hoaxes. It is the January 6th speech all over again. It is the My Second Amendment People tweet all over again. And this crazed, his brain does not work right phrasing, they will not sit still and stand for this, is simply the proud boys stand back and stand by debate answer all over again. Donald Trump is an immediate and lethal threat to this country and to the safety of everyone in it, as if he were a terrorist holding a gun to the head of a baby. The Biden administration, the Garland Department of Justice, have the means at hand right now to save the baby and take the gun away from him and contain or overcome whoever and whatever vermin heed his call to create big problems. But every day that those means are not used, every day when formality and fear and dilettantism make us hesitate, the process of using those means becomes more difficult and more disruptive and more weighted down. But it is always true. The bully does not hit you because you hit him first or because you hit him back. The bully hits you because he is a bully. He understands only one thing. He defers to only one thing. A kick to the crotch. Still ahead on Countdown, while we are indicting Trump right now and arresting DeSantis and arresting Abbott, bring in Marjorie Trailer Park Green, too. She assaulted a staff member of a young voters advocacy group on the streets of Washington last night. There's video. In fact, there are three videos. It is Fridays with Thurber, and I'll read you his best and worst persons. Now, Mike Lindell seems to think the FBI knocked his door down And for help about getting his phone back, he is invoking Captain Kirk. That's next. This is Countdown. We all know someone with hearing loss, maybe even struggle with it ourselves. But unfortunately, hearing aids cost thousands, which most people just can't afford. Now there's an alternative. A company called Audion Hearing just released new over-the-counter hearing aids for only $189, and they sound amazing. Highly recommended for anyone with hearing loss. Check out audionhearing.com for their 45-day risk-free trial. That's A-U-D-I-E-N hearing.com, and you can use code Keith for $25 off. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, they're like, you know, Creighton, you don't watch Creighton. And I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. 
They're not never the, not gonna, the not the Big East tournament. They're, well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That cool. Like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team? Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> And then they're never at any of those. And then those. Never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? See the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Daylight savings time is starting up in most states. The goal to give all of us more daylight right through to November. With it, you may actually feel as if there are more hours in the day. But if you are hiring, it may actually feel like it's taking even longer to find qualified candidates. There is no daylight hiring time. There's only one way to find those qualified candidates. That way is ZipRecruiter. Right now, you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com countdown. Daylight savings time or not, ZipRecruiter works round the clock to find qualified candidates for you. Once you post your job on ZipRecruiter, they send it to more than 100 job sites so you reach more of the right people. ZipRecruiter's smart technology also scans thousands of resumes quickly to identify people whose skills and experience match your job. Spring forward with a new hiring partner, ZipRecruiter. Four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. See for yourself. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash countdown to try it for free. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash countdown. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. This is Countdown with Keith Oberman. Still ahead on Countdown, first Marjorie Trailer Park Green tries to kick the student voting activist but fails. Then she tries again but fails. Then, well, you'll just have to check the video. Check any of the three different videos. First, in each edition of Countdown, we feature a dog in need whom you can help. Every dog has its day. To Los Angeles and Cooper, cancer in dogs is surprisingly survivable. The first step is to remove the mass or masses. Cooper has a few of them. Surgery should cure him. My friend Alana Rizzo from MLB Network and her group Gidry's Guardian are trying to raise a small amount to get him treated. He's a big guy, looks like a big old beagle. Not a beagle, though. If you can donate or you can just retweet, it will help Cooper a lot. Check Alana Rizzo's feed or Gidry's Guardian's feed or my account for Dogs in Need at Tom Jumbo Grumbo and look for my tweet today about Cooper. And thank you very much.
Coming up on Countdown, Ohio Republicans have just voted themselves the right to inspect the genitalia of teenaged high school girls. You heard me right. Plus, in sports, the old Washington Redskins fixed their team name, but now as the Washington Commanders, they've somehow screwed up their city name. And it's Friday with Thurber. First postscripts to the news, some headlines, some thoughts, some snark. Dateline Washington. No word as to whether or not charges will be pressed after Congresswoman Marjorie Trailer Park Green kicked and half-pushed and half-punched an 18-year-old official with a youth voters organizing group. Mariana Pacora is the digital director of Voters of Tomorrow, and she and colleagues got into an MTG special wherein the insurrectionist representative from Georgia walks and talks and insults in the vicinity of our capital. It is tough to hear exact quotes, and you don't really need to in this tape, but what you're listening for is when Green starts to talk about the Second Amendment and how it protects kids from getting killed in school. Just at this point, the video shows Mariana Pecora walking several steps ahead of the, quote, congresswoman, unquote. Pecora is, in fact, so far ahead that at least three different times, Green tries to stride forward and deliberately kick Pecora while still being able to pretend it was just an accident. The first two times, Green misses. Her legs are too short. On the third try, she kicks the young woman and pushes a clenched fist into her back. You want to know how I'm voting? Yeah, that was you. That was you. I recognize your face. Just to be clear, the Second Amendment gun violence. The Second Amendment, how does the Second Amendment prevent gun violence? You're the one that believes that we need to step out of life. You're blocking a member of Congress. Excuse me, ma'am. You're blocking a member of Congress. You need to stay away. You can't block members of Congress. The only thing that was blocking this member of Congress was her lack of intelligence. There are three different videos showing three different angles of the assault by Marjorie Taylor Greene. As another member of the group notes, the real story is that after all of her grotesque kickboxing videos, it took her three tries. Dateline Hudson Yards, New York. Did I tell you about Chris Licht? Did I tell you why they made him president of CNN? Did I tell you what he was like as Joe Scarborough's henchman when we were at MSNBC? He has made his first big move. He has relegated the liberal host Don Lemon from prime time to the CNN morning desert, which saw its only measure of audience ratings that actually counts. Viewers aged 25 to 54 dropped to an average of 80,000 in August. Like, we do that in a couple days. Licked, who, when we worked together at MSNBC, I believe, used to eat paste, now has two primetime hours without any anchors. And he has a morning show in which Lemon will have to co-anchor with and be neutralized by a nasal reporter who last month demanded to know when Joe Biden was going to apologize to Republicans and a woman that CNN hired away from Tucker Carlson's The Daily Caller. The change, made to please CNN's new fascist power behind the throne, John Malone, also de-platforms Brianna Keeler, the supposed moderate who tried to save herself with a tweet about the Marine presence during a Biden speech, but learned you can never be ideologically pure enough for a guy like Chris Licht who gets gold star every time he silences a liberal or a moderate. Also, I've been quoted in a lot of corporate press releases about new shows and new jobs, thus I have said a lot of things I never really said. But I've never read a quote like this 
It comes from the Daily Caller person, and it's in the CNN press release. Quote, I can't wait to wake with our viewers and do the news every day. So pour a cup of coffee and join us. Ma'am, you make mine a glass of hemlock? And Dateline News Corp, the Wall Street Journal opinion page, pretty much hates anybody more liberal than King Louis XIV of 17th century France, and they're skilled at doing it, too. But somebody stepped in it Wednesday night and yesterday morning. The headline on the editorial posted at 7.35 p.m. Wednesday, Is Biden working on the railroad unions? You'd think all of the president's favors to big labor over two years would be enough to avert a railway strike. Real, sir? Ten hours later... Overnight, Joe Biden averted a railway strike. The journal editorial, remarkably enough, is still up on their site. This is Sports Center. Wait, check that. Not anymore. This is Countdown with Keith Olbermann. In sports, Roger Federer has retired. He leaves tennis at the age of 41, having taken 20 Grand Slam titles, having finished five seasons as the world's number one ranked player, and having been one of only three men's tennis players you have ever heard of. Well, five maybe, but probably just three. Some real pervs in the Ohio State House. Republicans there have passed the Save Women's Sports Act, which was supposed to prevent transgender women and girls from participating in interscholastic or intercollegiate athletics in Ohio. Problem is, the bill would permit anyone to accuse a female athlete of being transgender and allow officials to check to find out. In other words, Ohio State House Republicans have passed a law permitting them, adult men, to inspect any high school girl athlete's, quote, external and internal genitalia. Welcome to Ohio. Hockey Canada, the governing body of the nation, which rules all national teams from entry level to the Olympics, has been collapsing under the weight of a rape scandal since the spring when a woman sued saying she had been assaulted by eight members of the Canadian World Junior Team in 2018 under the guidance of Hockey Canada, or at least under its umbrella. Resignations, recriminations, investigations have followed. Yesterday, the National Hockey League held its press tour near Las Vegas, and Connor McDavid of the Edmonton Oilers, perhaps Canada's top hockey hero, was asked about the disaster with Hockey Canada. His answer, quote, I'm very proud to be Canadian, very proud to represent Hockey Canada, obviously a situation that is terrible for everybody. A really, really pathetic answer. Lastly, and somewhat happier, no explanation from the NFL's Washington Commanders about this. Under that name, or as the Washington football team, or the Washington Redskins, or the Boston Redskins, or the Boston Braves, for 80 years now, they've been one of football's worst franchises. No, make it 90 years, isn't it? But it still doesn't explain how, at their first home game in Washington under the name Commanders, an official team merchandise truck out in the stadium parking lot happened to be selling mugs with the commander's logo emblazoned on them. And on top of that, an outlined map of the state of Washington, which is 2,692 miles away.
Still ahead, it's the most famous thing James Thurber ever wrote, and I will read it to you. First, the daily roundup of the miscreants, morons, and Dunning-Kruger effect specimens who constitute today's worst persons in the world. The bronze Dinesh D'Souza, the Wright's squinting idiot mascot, put out a tweet with a picture of two FBI agents with their big letter FBI jackets, say FBI on them. The headline, FBI arrests top official in Democrat state over absentee ballot scheme. Dinesh D'Souza's message, this is huge. If you go to the story, this is what you will find. Quote, the FBI arrested a New York election commissioner over allegations of an absentee ballot fraud scheme. Jason Schofield, a Republican. Top official in Democrat state over Jason Schofield, a Republican. You know what's huge? What's huge is that empty space between your ears, Dinesh. Your runner-up, Blake Masters, the fascist candidate for the Senate in Arizona. You know the guy I mean. He's the one who looks like he was hypnotized at the county fair and never snapped out of it. Vice News got a tape of him speaking to the Apache Junction, Arizona Ladies for Trump event last summer. That must have been a blast. And insisting to them that he has a way to improve the military, fire all the generals. Quote, It's very hard to become a general without being some kind of of left-of-center politician. I would love to see all the generals get fired. You take the most conservative colonels, you promote them to general. Has anybody ever tried shaking this master's guy to see if his pupils will ricochet around his eyeballs like one of those old little handheld toys? You know, where you try to get the the little pinball to settle back into the hole in the middle of the thing? Jeez Louise. But the winner, Mike Lindell... As I said yesterday, he and the far right are insistent. The legal seizure of his phone via a search warrant is a cross between 9-11 and the crucifixion. But Lindell, amid transposing words like president and precedent and statutes and statues, has now, looking for his phone, invoked Captain James T. Kirk. We're not going to put up with this. We're not going to be the Gestapo like in uh, Nazi Germany. Eve, this is, uh, we're being proactive. I was on the phone with these attorneys. I said, no, I want to sue. What, what can we do? We got all the lawyers on the phone. They looked up all these statues. We're going to go to places where no man has gone before. This will set a precedent. This has to stop. Nobody gets to bash people's door down and you get 40 seconds to answer your door. Sir, this is a Hardee's. No, 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 literally, it isn't your house and that wasn't your door. It's literally a Hardee's. Mike... Damn it, Jim, I'm a crackhead, not a poli-sci major. Lindell, today's worst person in the world! We all know someone with hearing loss, maybe even struggle with it ourselves. But unfortunately, hearing aids cost thousands, which most people just can't afford. Now there's an alternative. A company called Audion Hearing just released new over-the-counter hearing aids for only $189, and they sound amazing. Highly recommended for anyone with hearing loss. Check out audionhearing.com for their 45-day risk-free trial. That's A-U-D-I-E-N hearing.com, and you can use code KEITH for $25 off. 
Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids. But I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Smart journalism, fascinating topics, words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing, and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. To the number one story on the countdown, it's the weekend, so it is Fridays with Thurber, and next week I will resume the harrowing tales of my youth, and not so youth, with things I promise not to tell. Anniversaries scheduled for next week include, and this is literally true, the story of the day my great-grandfather Zelensky suggested that an acquaintance of his name his new company General Motors. It's true, we didn't get a dime out of it. But now, perfection. James Thurber's best-known work, best-loved work, and maybe just best work, has been made into two different films, neither of which is really satisfactory, but each gives you just a glimpse of what your imagination is doing as you hear or read his words. It is a universal. It is the story of everybody who's ever lived, who has ever daydreamed. It is The Secret Life of Walter Mitty by James Thurber. We're going through! The commander's voice was like thin ice breaking. He wore his full-dress uniform with the heavily braided white cap pulled down rakishly over one cold gray eye. We can't make it, sir. It's spoiling for a hurricane, if you ask me. 
I'm not asking you, Lieutenant Berg, said the commander. Throw on the power lights. Rev her up to 8,500. We're going through. The pounding of the cylinders increased. To pocket, a pocket, a pocket, a pocket, a pocket. The commander stared at the ice forming on the pilot window. He walked over and twisted a row of complicated dials. Switch on number eight auxiliary, he shouted. Switch on number eight auxiliary, repeated Lieutenant Berg. Full strength in number three turret, shouted the commander. Full strength in number three turret. The crew, bending to their various tasks in the huge, hurtling, eight-engined Navy hydroplane, looked at each other and grinned. The old man will get us through, they said to one another. The old man ain't afraid of hell. Not so fast. You're driving too fast, said Mrs. Mitty. What are you driving so fast for? Hmm, said Walter Mitty. He looked at his wife in the seat beside him with shocked astonishment. She seemed grossly unfamiliar, like a strange woman who had yelled at him in a crowd. You're up to 55, she said. You know I don't like to go more than 40. You're up to 55. Walter Mitty drove on toward Waterbury in silence. The roaring of the SN-202 through the worst storm in 20 years of Navy flying, fading in the remote, intimate airways of his mind. You're tensed up again said Mrs. Mitty. It's one of your days. I wish you'd let Dr. Renshaw look you over. Walter Mitty stopped the car in front of the building where his wife went to have her hair done. Remember to get those overshoes while I'm having my hair done, she said. I don't need overshoes, said Mitty. She put her mirror back into her bag. We've been all through that, she said, getting out of the car. You're not a young man any longer. He raced the engine a little. Why don't you wear your gloves? Have you lost your gloves? Walter Mitty reached in a pocket and brought out the gloves. He put them on, but after she had turned and gone into the building and he had driven onto a red light, he took them off again. Pick it up, brother, snapped a cop as the light changed and Mitty hastily pulled on his gloves and lurched ahead. He drove around the streets aimlessly for a time and then he drove past the hospital on his way to the parking lot. "'It's the millionaire banker, Wellington Macmillan,' said the pretty nurse. "'Yes,' said Walter Mitty, removing his gloves slowly. "'Who has the case?' "'Dr. Renshaw and Dr. Renbow. But, "'But there are two specialists here, Dr. Remington from New York "'and Mr. Pritchard Mitford from London. He flew over.' "'A door opened down a long, cool corridor, and Dr. Renshaw came out. "'He looked distraught and haggard. "'Hello, Mitty,' he said. We're having the devil's own time with Macmillan, the millionaire banker and close personal friend of Roosevelt. Obstriosis of the ductal tract. Tertiary. Wish you'd take a look at him. Glad to, said Mitty. In the operating room, there were whispered introductions. Dr. Remington, Dr. Mitty, Mr. Richard Mitford, Dr. Mitty. I've read your book on streptothracosis, said Pritchard Mitford, shaking hands. A brilliant performance, sir. Thank you, said Walter Mitty. Didn't know you were in the States, Mitty, grumbled Remington. Coles to Newcastle bringing Mitford and me up here for a tertiary. You are very kind, said Mitty. A huge, complicated machine connected to the operating table with many tubes and wires began at this moment to go pocketa, pocketa, pocketa. The new anesthetizer is giving way, shouted an intern. There is no one in the East who knows how to fix it. "'Quiet, man,' said Mitty in a low, cool voice. 
He sprang to the machine, which was now going pocket to pocket a queep, pocket to pocket a queep. He began fingering delicately a roll of glistening dials. Give me a fountain pen, he snapped. Someone handed him a fountain pen. He pulled a faulty piston out of the machine and inserted the pen in its place. That will hold for ten minutes, he said. Get on with the operation. A nurse hurried over and whispered to Renshaw, and Mitty saw the man turn pale. Coriopsis has set in, said Renshaw nervously. If you would take over, Mitty? Mitty looked at him and at the craven figure of Benbow, who drank, and at the grave, uncertain faces of the two great specialists. If you wish, he said. They slipped a white gown on him. He adjusted a mask and drew on thin gloves. Nurses handed him shiny. Back it up, Mac. Look out for that Buick. Walter Mitty jammed on the brakes. Wrong lane, Mac, said the parking lot attendant, looking at Mitty closely. Gee, yeah, muttered Mitty. He began cautiously to back out of the lane marked exit only. Leave us sit there, said the attendant. I'll put her away. Mitty got out of the car. Hey, uh, better leave the key. Oh, said Mitty, handing the man the ignition key. The attendant vaulted into the car, backed it up with insolent skill, and put it where it belonged. They're so damn cocky, thought Walter Mitty, walking along Main Street. They think they know everything. Once, he had tried to take his chains off outside New Milford, and he got them wound around the axles. A man had to come out in a wrecking car and unwind them, a young, grinning garage man. Since then, Mrs. Mitty always made him drive to a garage to have the chains taken off. The next time, he thought, I'll wear my right arm in a sling. They won't grin at me then. I have my right arm in a sling, and they'll see I couldn't possibly take the chains off myself. He kicked at the slush on the sidewalk. Overshoes, he said to himself, and he began looking for a shoe store. When he came out into the street again with the overshoes and a box under his arm, Walter Mitty began to wonder what the other thing was his wife had told him to get. She had told him, twice, before they set out from their house for Waterbury. In a way, he hated these weekly trips to town. He was always getting something wrong. Kleenex, he thought, squibs? Razor blades? No. Toothpaste? Toothbrush? Bicarbonate? Carborundum? Initiative? Referendum? He gave it up. But she would remember it. Where's the what's-its-name? She would ask. Don't tell me you forgot the what's-its-name. A newsboy went by shouting something about the Waterbury trial. Perhaps this will refresh your memory. The district attorney suddenly thrust a heavy automatic at the quiet figure on the witness stand. Have you ever seen this before? Walter Mitty took the gun and examined it expertly. This is my Webley Vickers 50.80, he said calmly. An excited buzz ran around the courtroom. The judge rapped for order. You are a crack shot with any sort of firearms, I believe, said the district attorney insinuatingly. Objection, shouted Mitty's attorney. We have shown that the defendant could not have fired the shot. We have shown that he wore his right arm in a sling on the night of the 14th of July. Walter Mitty raised his hand briefly, and the bickering attorneys were stilled. With any known make of gun, he said evenly, I could have killed Gregory Fitzhurst at 300 feet with my left hand. 
Pandemonium broke out in the courtroom. A woman's scream rose above the bedlam, and suddenly a lovely, dark-haired girl was in Walter Mitty's arms. The district attorney struck at her savagely. Without rising from his chair, Mitty let the man have it on the point of the chin. You miserable cur! Puppy biscuit, said Walter Mitty. He stopped walking, and the buildings of Waterbury rose up out of the misty courtroom and surrounded him again. A woman who was passing laughed. He said, Puppy Biscuit, she said to her companion. That man said, Puppy Biscuit, to himself. Walter Mitty hurried on. He went into an A&P, not the first one he came to, but a smaller one farther up the street. I want some biscuit for small young dogs, he said to the clerk. Any special brand, sir? The greatest pistol shot in the world, thought a moment. It says, puppies bark for it on the box, said Walter Mitty. His wife would be through at the hairdressers in 15 minutes, Mitty saw in looking at his watch, unless they had trouble drying it. Sometimes they had trouble drying it. She didn't like to get to the hotel first. She would want him to be there, waiting for her as usual. He found a big leather chair in the lobby facing a window, and he put the overshoes and the puppy biscuit on the floor beside it. He picked up an old copy of Liberty and sank down into the chair. Can Germany conquer the world through the air? Walter Mitty looked at the pictures of bombing planes and of ruined streets. The cannonading has got the wind up in young Raleigh, sir, said the sergeant. Captain Mitty looked at him through tousled hair. Get him to bed, he said wearily. With the others, I'll fly alone. But you can't, sir, said the sergeant anxiously. It takes two men to handle that bomber, and the Archies are pounding L out of the air. Von Rickman's circus is between here and Solier. Somebody's got to get that ammunition dump, said Mitty. I'm going over. Spot of brandy. He poured a drink for the sergeant, then one for himself. War thundered and whined around the dugout and battered at the door. There was a rending of wood and splinters flew through the room. Bit of a near thing, said Captain Mitty carelessly. The box barrage is closing in, said the sergeant. We only live once, sergeant, said Mitty with his faint, fleeting smile. Or do we? He poured another brandy and tossed it off. Never seen a man could hold his brandy like you, sir, said the sergeant. Begging your pardon, sir. Captain Mitty stood up and strapped on his huge Webley Vickers automatic. It's 40 kilometers through L, sir, said the sergeant. Mitty finished one last brandy. After all, he said softly, what isn't? The pounding of the cannon increased. There was the rat-tat-tatting of the machine guns, and from somewhere came the menacing pocket a pocket a pocket a pocket of the new flamethrowers. Walter Mitty walked to the door of the dugout, humming, Out pray de ma blonde. He turned and waved to the sergeant. Cheerio, he said. Something struck his shoulder. I've been looking all over this hotel for you, said Mrs. Mitty. Why do you have to hide in this old chair? How did you expect me to find you? Things close in, said Walter Mitty vaguely. What? Mrs. Mitty said, did you get the what's-its-name, the puppy biscuit? What's in that box? Overshoes, said Mitty. Couldn't you put them on on the star? I was thinking, said Walter Mitty. Does it ever occur to you that I am sometimes thinking? She looked at him. I'm going to take your temperature when I get you home, she said. 
They went out through the revolving doors that made a faintly derisive whistling sound when you pushed them. It was two blocks to the parking lot. At the drugstore on the corner, she said, Wait here for me. I forgot something. I won't be a minute. She was more than a minute. Walter Mitty lighted a cigarette. It began to rain, rain with sleet in it. He stood up against the wall of the drugstore, smoking. He put his shoulders back and his heels together. To hell with the handkerchief, said Walter Mitty scornfully. He took one last drag on his cigarette and snapped it away. Then with that faint, fleeting smile playing about his lips, he faced the firing squad, erect and motionless, proud and disdainful. Walter Mitty, the undefeated, inscrutable to the last. The Secret Life of Walter Mitty by James Thurber. done all the damage i can do here help me out uh, give this thing a good review or rating or whatever or subscribe or forward it to somebody or uh, you know what give it to cnn let them put it on instead of their morning show the countdown theme from beethoven's ninth arranged produced and performed by countdown musical directors brian ray and john philip chanel all orchestration and keyboards by john philip chanel guitars bass and drums by brian ray produced by tko brothers the other Beethoven selections in the show have been arranged and performed by the group No Horns Allowed. Our sports music was the Ulberman ESPN2 love theme, written by Mitch Warren Davis, courtesy of ESPN Inc. Musical comments throughout by Nancy Faust, the best baseball stadium organist ever. And my announcer today was Larry David. And that's Countdown for this, the 619th day since Donald Trump's first attempted coup against the democratically elected government of the United States. Arrest him now while we still can. There'll be a new episode Monday. That's the plan. I'm Keith Olbermann. Good morning, good afternoon, good night, and good luck. Countdown with Keith Olbermann is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We all know someone with hearing loss, maybe even struggle with it ourselves. But unfortunately, hearing aids cost thousands, which most people just can't afford. Now there's an alternative. A company called Audion Hearing just released new over-the-counter hearing aids for only $189, and they sound amazing. Highly recommended for anyone with hearing loss. Check out audionhearing.com for their 45-day risk-free trial. That's A-U-D-I-E-N hearing.com, and you can use code Keith for $25 off. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max.
Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast.